With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? Hey, before we get going, let's give a quick shout out to our partners here at Auburn Live and the Auburn Live show. First of all, Southeastern, great bar in downtown Auburn, fantastic two-story building, beautiful place, a great lounge upstairs, tons of TVs, outdoor seating area, some finger foods and stuff like that as well. Awesome location in downtown Auburn. Go visit Southeastern, great game day experience, uh, weekend experience. Um, just go check them out, Southeastern, on Magnolia. Other partner, the Irritable Bow Restaurant, also on Magnolia, on the other side uh, of the street in downtown downtown Auburn, down, down Magnolia. Go check them out. Really good Chinese bao uh, food, uh, sh- shrimp shrimp rolls and, and steak steak and, and, and chicken uh, skewers and um, rice bowls and just a bunch of bunch of good stuff, man. If you've never had Chinese bao, it's really really good. Shout out to our friend Whitley Dykes. Um, they get you in and out really quickly. So if you ever see a line, don't worry, it moves quickly. Go check out the Irritable Bao Restaurant downtown Auburn and uh, tell them Auburn Live sent you. All right, let's go. All right, welcome into another Auburn Live show. Appreciate everybody joining us. We got a jam-packed show today on this Tuesday morning. Uh, the whole team is here. We normally do the modcast on um, on the weekends, but man, when 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 you have such a massive recruiting weekend, it's all hands on deck. So we got Jeffrey Lee and Cole Pinkston with me today. What's up, guys? How about you, Hope? That's right. Man, all hands on deck for a huge recruiting weekend. Yeah, it was a it was a big one. All right, so we're gonna get this is gonna be mostly a recruiting uh, show. We wanted to have Jeffrey and Cole on to just fill everybody in on what's going on. Um, but before we get to that, I want to hit on just the high points of what Brian Harson had to say during his news conference on Monday. Uh, we like to just sort of hit on those high points and keep you up to date on after a couple of days, I guess a day of film and getting ready for Arkansas. What Brian Harson had to say, and then we'll we'll be all recruiting. Um, after that, all right, let's jump. Let's jump right in. Um, look, no surprise. Uh, you know, he said Arkansas is a really physical, tough team. They got coming up, which is true. Arkansas can really run the football. Um, he uh, he mentioned against Georgia that Georgia is a really good team. They knew that. He said there's areas that we have to do to coach better and be better. Um, and he we just went back to, to to the team needing to do things at a high level every single day uh, in order to be successful, especially with the teams they're playing. That's kind of. That's kind of Harson's mantra. Every day, do the things every day, over and over and over, and eventually that'll that'll pay off. I think you're going to hear that all season because <laughs> um, I'm not sure it's ever going to get um, fixed. Uh, he talked about the running game. Um, the The first two games of the season, Auburn went for 300 yards plus, uh, but every game since then, their t- their rushing number has gone down. They had 182 yards against Penn State. It went down against Georgia State. It went down against LSU. And then went down again, of course, against Georgia. They didn't even, they didn't even hit 50 yards rushing. Um, so Brian Arson just said, look, 
Um, every single week we're trying to establish the run. He said there's not one practice where we're not trying to, to do that. Um, and so try to get it back on track against Arkansas. Arkansas was decent the first few games of the season, but the last two against Georgia and Ole Miss, Arkansas has allowed nearly 600 rushing yards and eight rushing touchdowns in the last two weeks. Now, granted, that's Georgia and Ole Miss. It's two a good running team and a fantastic offense. Um, Auburn's not either one of those, but but certainly they're susceptible to the run. But uh, Brian Harson said it's not just Tank, it's everybody. Uh, everybody's got to do a better job. Bigsby hasn't even topped 30 yards in either of the last two games. Pretty, pretty shocking number for Tank Bigsby. Um, mm. Brian Harson was asked about a couple of freshmen, Landon King at tight end and Marquise Robinson at defensive lineman. Both played Saturday. King played early. He got the catches late, but he was in there early. Um, and I thought Brian Harson had some interesting things to say about just competition overall. He said, at the end of the day, we're still competing, and that never stops. We're competing and trying to get the best guys on the field. Um, he said, we want guys competing, and, and we want them to succeed when they get on the field. Some of these younger guys, if they keep stepping up, we're going to have a chance to improve. Um, and so, really, it kind of hit on, you know, you kind of forget. You get six games into the season, and, and you think, the depth chart's kind of set at this point. Like, well, you, you do work in fall camp, and then the season starts, and that's that. And he's kind of made it a point to say no, I mean, every day. Um, so that's why you see a little bit of Landon King, and you see a little bit of Marquise Robinson and um, Caleb Johnson, you know, a little bit more time for him against Georgia. And so just made it a point, and I think it's important for the players to see that, that it doesn't matter if you're in week six, week eight, if you're practicing and you're flashing, um, they're going to give you opportunities. And so – I thought that was uh, interesting. He said Landon King's got tremendous upside. Um, he's a guy that, that practices really well. Um, and then on Marquise Robinson, he said Marquise Robinson was the freshman defensive lineman. He said he kept showing up at practice, so he earned the right to play. Uh, I think he had half a tackle or something like that in the game, but got some playing time. Um, and against Arkansas, I would imagine we'll, him and Caleb Johnson will be called on again to play more against a team that's, that's going to run the ball a lot. Um, Brian Harson was asked about balance on offense. Um, Auburn th Auburn's thrown the ball 173 times the last four games compared to rushing the ball 133 times. Uh, he was asked about how to get more balance, and his answer was pretty simple. He was like, stop losing early. Um, yeah. Don't get behind. Uh, and that's the problem. I mean, Auburn's gotten behind. You go back, whether it's Penn State, Georgia State, LSU, Georgia, they get, they've gotten behind. And, and they can't run the ball or try to stay with the run when they keep falling behind by, by 10 points or 13 or 14 or whatever it is. And so that's just – that's a bad recipe for this offense. They're fortunate to have come back and won against LSU and Georgia State, but they can't continue to, uh, to do it um, week in and, and week out. So he just said they got to stop falling behind, and, and, that'll, and that'll even things out. Um, lastly, let's see, talked about the red zone a little bit. Auburn's not doing well in the red zone. 17 trips this year, nine touchdowns. It's not great. Um, Harson, that's probably – of anything he's been asked post-game Georgia and, and Monday press conference, that's one of his more enthusiastic answers is that that has to get better. Um, the, the lack of touchdowns is a problem. So he emphasized that. So we've got to get better there. Um, Arkansas, after the last two weeks, is now 76th in red zone defense, um, allowing 62% uh, touchdowns because um, Georgia and Ole Miss really carved him up. Um, so there is some success to be found there. And then lastly, we'll talk about the passing, the passing defense for Auburn. Um, I asked Coach Harson, you know, what's going into that? Is it, is it, is it communication? Is it just guys getting beat? Like what, what, why does Auburn continue to give up these big plays in the passing game? And he really kind of said it comes down to one-on-one matchups. He said, I, I think we're communicating well 
Um, it just comes down to fundamentals, putting our guys in position and, and, and winning your one-on-one battles. And, you know, against Georgia, Badarius Knighton didn't do that. Nehemiah Pritchett didn't do that. McCreary got nope. beat on a touchdown. So it's just those one-on-one routes. It's just you either win them or you don't. And so it's not a communication issue. It's not really kind of what you saw early where guys were wide open. You're thinking, okay, Auburn's defense looks lost. It, I think now it's just become guys getting beat in some of those plays. And Arkansas is similar to Georgia in that fashion. Arkansas is going to run the ball. And when they do pass, they're going to go big. Um, they're, they're, they're way down in 10 plus in kind of those zero to 10 yard passes. Arkansas is way down. The, the, the further you go, 20 plus, 30 plus, 40 plus yard passes, Arkansas climbs up the national rankings. They're 12th in the country in 40 plus yard passes. So that they're going to run and then they're going to go for a big play passing, just kind of what Georgia did. So Auburn's going to have to get that, uh, Auburn's going to have to get that cleaned up. Um, so that's a quick synopsis of what Brian Harson said. We'll get players the rest of the week as Auburn prepares for Arkansas at 11 a.m. on CBS. Uh, and it, I think it's going to be a mentally tough and, and physically tough game coming off that Georgia game. I think it's going to be an absolute battle um, for Auburn to try to come out of there with a win. So we'll, we'll see. Hey, Justin. Yeah. yeah. Before we get into the recruiting, man, I think Cole and I were talking about this a little after the game yesterday, but Ladarius Tennyson, <laughs> LT, um, you know, he was – I had such high hope for him a year ago. Kevin still loved this guy. He was freshman, all SEC and stuff. What, what has happened to him? Have you, do you have any any insight on that? Like, I, I just have not seen him. Now, I think he's been out there, right? A little bit, but not lately. I mean, I, not, against Georgia, I barely, uh, I barely saw him because they went, I think, more run heavy. Then when Smoke got hurt, Coffin came in. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. from, from the jump, from the beginning of the season, he's been out of the mix. Right, right. I think I've yeah, seen him on special teams. That's been a strange one to me, too. I'll add to your players that played more, too, Justin. Uh, J.J. Pegues was in there a good bit. and yeah, I'd be willing to say he was one of the best-looking D linemen on the team against Georgia. I mean, he's got the best get-off. As, I mean, he's got the most athleticism. We knew that. But I think he started to put it together, and, and I think you could see him a lot more too. So, yeah, Carson was asked about him. I didn't include him, um, but he just kind of said, "Hey, D line's still Pagi's focus. Play some special teams, but you know, if if he can add something on offense, then then they'll try to put him in. Like Georgia, they needed to run the ball. Uh, if they think they need him, then he's got. But he praised Pagi. He's got high football intelligence. I mean, to be able to play, he's still getting better on the defensive line." He plays special teams. He's got some responsibilities there. And then to be able to go back and pick up things on offense, like, hey, we need you to go in and play, you know, these certain formations or whatever, he really praised his football intelligence and said he's one of the better players on the team in terms of just being a football player. He just, he's just not, he's just not uh, you know, developed at any one position. He's a jack of all trades right now, um, and he just he needs, he needs another year. Give him another year and – you know, let's see what J.J. Pegues is as a junior after a year at the defensive line. Um, and well, if and it, I'm if I'm uh, willing to bet, if I'm willing to bet on anyone uh, starting to earn more snaps as the season goes on, I'd I'd put it on him right now. Yeah, I think he played. I think he showed that he can even without some of the polished, you know, ability. He he's got he's got as much athleticism as anybody. He can make a difference. So I think he'll start rotating more. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Big weekend, uh, big week for Auburn, and, and injury-wise, nothing there. I didn't mention that. You know, he didn't mention anything about Owen Papo. Um, 
but it sounds like Owen Papo is kind of the only one that's out there that we need to sort of pay attention to in terms of injuries. Sounds like they're pretty healthy. Honestly, being six games into the season, they're in a pretty good position in terms of, of health. Uh, we'll just wait and see if Owen Papo can uh, – can get close to 100% with that ankle and uh, and be ready to play. Um, all right, let's dive into recruiting weekend, a massive recruiting weekend for, for the Auburn football program. Basketball, too. We'll hit on basketball after football. Um, uh, Cole and Jeffrey, I know you guys were, were all over it, still all over it as things kind of trickle out from the weekend. Um, I, I thought just for big picture, the staff was just their first chance their first chance to say, here's who we are, big atmosphere, this is our program, and, and show it off. Jeffrey, we'll start with you. Um, what was kind of some big picture impressions on the visitors that showed up, what you're sort of hearing, what you saw, just kind of kind of take people inside a, a really monster weekend. It really was. I was absolutely impressed, blown away really, at the, at the guys that showed up, um, not just from the 2022 class, but from the 2023 class. And also at such high priority positions of needs, you know, you saw offensive linemen in the 2022 class. You saw offensive linemen in the 2023 class. You saw a studded group of D linemen from the 23 class. I mean, it was, uh, I think we got them all. It was, you know, James Smith, formerly of, Car uh, of Carver and Montgomery, who's now at IMG, one of the best players in the 23 class, Peter Woods, uh, Keldrick, Keldrick Falk. Is yeah, that right? That's right. Highland home, uh, Hunter Osborne, who picked up an offer while at, at the game. Tamari and Parker was there. I mean, all five of these guys are just big-time defensive linemen. That Auburn's going to need to win the majority of those battles. I mean, if they can get three of those guys next year, uh, it would be a huge, huge haul for the defensive line. We saw the offensive linemen there at the game. We saw E.J. Harris. Of course, Drew Bobo was the biggest news coming out of the weekend, um, who committed to Auburn on Sunday. Huge, huge get for Auburn right there. Could see a lot of dominoes fall uh, yep. with his commitment. So uh, a lot of momentum. And, and listen, I know everybody was, um, you know, defeated literally. But, you know, there was a lot. I mean, there was all positive responses from the recruits that we talked to. And uh, the, and you go back to what we said last week on our mod uh, on our mod cast that you want to – <laughs> I think all of us agreed. Neither, none of us agree, uh, thought Auburn was going to win. We wanted to see Auburn be at least uh, competitive and look decent doing so. Um, you take away those small mistakes. Overall, I mean, Auburn's coaches had that game plan, had those players and that team in a position to win or at least make it really, really close. You, you, you catch 80% of the balls that they dropped. We're talking about a new ball game. I don't think it would have been a difference, but it would definitely would have been a new ball game. And I think people, especially the recruits, saw, hey, you know, this wasn't a Gus Malzahn loss to Georgia like it was last year when Auburn was just dominated. Um, yeah. So I, I think a lot of positive, a lot of positive uh, coming out and recruiting from that loss. Yep. I agree with that. Uh, Cole, I know you had a, a, a big recruiting insider up. Um, just kind of take people. This is this so this is and also this look. This is interesting for you. I want people to kind of understand your perspective too, because you know you're obviously a little bit new into the industry, and and this is probably a really eye-opening experience for you. Big game recruits everywhere, sort of seeing how they react at games. What was kind of your take on the weekend for for Auburn, but also 
um, but also just kind of your impressions of how this whole operation works on a, on a big Saturday. Yeah, it, it was pretty eye open. I mean, that's, um, that, that was as many recruits as you're going to get at one game. Uh, I think, you know, obviously the iron bowl is going to be big this year too, but it's going to be hard to, to get as good of a, a turnout as they got this weekend. I mean, it was, especially right. for the 23 class. I mean, they were guys all just sprinkled all throughout the top 300 players. I mean, there were so many that were there. When you think about that, the top 300 and 100 players in the country, you got, you know, 40 to 50 of them in one place uh, at, at your home stadium. That's, that's huge, man. I don't care. I don't care what the turnout of the game was. You got a chance to, to work with them. But, you know, I made, it, I made it a point to ask each guy that we talked to what, you know, what did y'all think about the performance on the field? What did you think about your position group? How did they play, you know, where you, you would be playing if you were um, at, at Auburn? And they said most of them – I don't remember one. I think one guy said, yeah, I don't know. I was not really impressed. But the rest of them were like – and the majority of everybody said, man, they look like they belonged out there. They're like, right. Georgia's the best team in the country. We, we can see that. Uh, even the parents were the same way. Uh, but Auburn looked like they belonged for a half of football and even into the third quarter. So the impression from the game is, is, is still good, even though Auburn lost the game. I mean, that, that, was, that was big too. So uh, The worst thing I that could have happened was Auburn getting blown out and not looking like they belonged. Yes. And the recruits walk away from that going, oh, shit, man. You know, I, I mean, that's what would have happened had that game happened last year, this, this Saturday, and it didn't happen. It was, it was, dang, man, they need some receivers. I mean, that's what Austin Osbury told me. You know, if, if they had some receivers that could catch the football, who knows what happens. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think, like Cole was saying, man, that, that was, to me, that was the biggest impression um, that the, the, the recruits walked away from. And I think a lot of fans did, too. Like, hey, you look last year and this year, we saw an improvement, big improvement. And that's with the same bodies. So yep. what we saw was an improvement in the box, in the headset, in the game planning. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, a few guys even pointed that out. They said they thought that the play callers were really good. You know, that's – sometimes those are the coaches they talk to. So they, they you know, they probably get, get a little bit of insight on what the game plan might be and things like that. So they're interested in that when they watch the game. And uh, a lot of these guys know football pretty well. So that was a big deal. And uh, – I think too that the crowd made a huge impression on everybody. Nobody yeah. walked out of the bed, you know, that wasn't that wasn't very impressive. Every single guy said, Man, that they brought it. I mean, they brought it. They played a factor in the game, the crowd did. They would love to play there, right? A lot of people wanted to wanted would love to play under that atmosphere. So uh I, I think it was the the biggest for the twenty twenty three class and that's gonna be where you get a true look at what Harson and, and the staff he's brought together can do um, because they've had time to work on those guys. They don't have the excuse we're playing from behind anymore. You can't say that. I mean, maybe, you know, a couple months behind, but that's not going to make a big difference when they get to, you know, time for them to sign. Uh, I, I want to point this out, too. I've said this a bunch in, in the recruiting insiders on the boards, whatever. The emphasis in flipping guys right now, that that is they are not worried about commitment status if you're committed elsewhere that's just game on man 
They're going to go after you. They don't care. If they think you fit at Auburn, they're recruiting you. I don't, they don't care where you're committed. They don't care how strong it is. We'll see if that effort is, you know, wasted. We'll see if that effort works. And I, I think after talking to some guys and seeing some reactions that effort is about to pay off and it won't be much longer. So uh, pretty interesting there. For well, the, um, well, with the 2022 class and with COVID and stuff, most of the top guys are committed. They, they committed, um, got them a spot, which is to be expected. Um, I see here four guys is who I thought in the 2022 class, Auburn made the biggest impressions on not including Drew Bobo who committed, yeah. uh, but Austin Osbury, I mentioned him earlier. Yes. Four-star cornerback from Baton Rouge university lab down down there he and his mother came up and his aunt flew up saturday morning and you know he 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 reminded me of when i talked to trevon reed back in 2009 2010 when the recruitment he went through and how there was so much pressure for him to go to lsu he was the number one recruit in louisiana his head his head coach oh gosh that guy was a something else (laughs) uh Anyways, but, you know, they were just pushing, pushing, pushing. And Trevon just felt at home at Auburn. And, you know, Austin was telling me that uh, that's kind of how he felt. Um, and, and he spoke to – Trevon spent a lot of time with him this weekend on his visit. Spoke to uh, – I know when we saw him on the sidelines before the game, Trevon was over there with Austin, his parents – or his mom and his aunt. Um, Trevon ended up taking him back to the airport Sunday night. Um, and just just really hit it off, and I, I think uh, that was that's going to be big. Now you're talking about players like Alabama, Michigan, Notre Dame, LSU. All these cats want want this guy, yep. uh, but Auburn really really made some ground up on him. And you know he was the one he was the one that said, man, you know they had a couple of receivers. You know who knows what happens, uh, but three other guys, and, and this kind of lines up with what Cole was talking about. Well, we'll talk about Eston Harris first. Um, Drew's teammate there at Auburn High. And to me, Drew and Eston are absolute must-gets for Auburn. And, I mean, not only are they really good offensive linemen, but they're local. And there's just so much pressure. Now, I don't know if pressure or not on the staff, but they've got to get these local linemen. Yeah. Um, and having Drew commit, him and Eston, Powell Gordon, all three of those guys are really clo- close friends. I think Cole wrote today uh, EJ was going to commit in October 28th. Correct. Correct. And, um, you know, that's got to be a good sign to have Drew uh, already committed, Powell already committed, and Eston, I think this was his third, if not fourth game at Auburn this year. Uh, I think they've been to every home game. I don't think they've missed one. Okay. Drew hasn't. I I think uh, Eston went to Florida for the Alabama game, and he missed the – Right. Yeah, I think Essence's been to three, Drew's been to four. Um, but two other guys committed, or two guys committed to other schools. Tay Woody, which I didn't see him there, Cole, but he was there. Now I oh, think yeah. that he was I there. Got a few pictures. Got a few pictures of him. He so that's one. that's his third game in a row, if I'm not mistaken. He is uh every time I talk to Tay, he is he, he loves Auburn. I still don't know where he fits. Cole might put some I mean this guy could I like him on the defensive line but yeah. what do I know yeah if you're asking me if you're asking you I, I, defensive line is where I like him too uh if he plays offensive line it's going to be interior yeah but he'll have to add some weight if he does that he's just he's, he's just a little too light if he's going to play at the guard spot 
Uh, center is an op- you know is is an option too, but I, I really think his skill set matches defensive line better to me. I, I think so. Me too. I, I like his mentality over there. I love his defensive film. Uh, so yeah. he, he's he, he more like a. That, go ahead. He said that he talked to Nick Easton a good bit too. So yeah. maybe they're working on that too. I, I don't know. And which could explain. I, I think Auburn's going to you – know, we saw Damari Austin tweet earlier um, on Monday that, you know, another one was coming, a big one's coming. My guess is Tay Woody. Um, yeah, very possible. And, and, you know, if that's the case, and Auburn views him on the defensive line, we saw a new offer go out on Saturday to Inez Cooper, uh, an offensive lineman from Pleasant Grove here in the state. Big dude, 6'6", but I don't think he's as nimble as you really want in a tackle. Is that fair to say, Cole? Well – uh, here is interesting development with him. Um, when he first came, when he came to Auburn in the summer, he was weighing almost 400 pounds. Uh, he was like 395, somewhere in that range. I, I, no, that, that's that's true. <laughs> that's 100. I, I did the same thing. I was like, Are you sure you meant 299? Right? He's like, No, 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 uh, you know, close to 400. I was like, okay. Damn, He ate Tony Fair, yeah. I mean, he's monster. He's the biggest guy out there, I think. But he is um, – you know, I think – I'm wondering if every time they have somebody on campus, if they get a weight, a height and weight with these guys. I think they monitor that pretty good, this new staff. But uh, he's down he's down 40 pounds from that initial trip to Auburn. And that was something that the coaching staff was, was really talking to him about. You know, they've been talking to him for a while. I mean, this is not like a brand-new relationship that was built this weekend. This has been going on, and they told him, you know, hey, look, you, you got to slim down a little bit. That's important if you're going to play here because you got to be able to move, right? And still, at 400 pounds or whatever he was, he was moving pretty well. But that was one of the deals, and he came in, he was lighter, and there's the offer right after that. So that that lined up pretty well. Now you say, and I think you said in your Insider Monday that I don't know if you said it. Maybe it was in the post on the corner. He, he has an offer, but they still, you know, if he was ready to jump on it, they would maybe slow him down a little bit. Like, let's see what happens with some other guys. And I would say he's probably close. I mean, if they if they gave him the green light 100%, I think he would would not yeah. wait very long. But I, and I think um, – I don't think he's the only guy that way, too. I think there's other guys they're working on that, that may be ready. You know, we're getting close to the end here, so it wouldn't be surprising yeah. if guys were ready. But – they're gonna they're gonna keep you know making sure everything's you know uh, they're gonna make sure the numbers are right. They get the guys they want. So, so no, another guy that we saw there um, committed to another school was Robert Woodyard, the uh, the linebacker, four star backer from Williamson in Mobile, who's committed to Alabama. Been hearing a lot of buzz about him since I think probably the summer. Wouldn't you say, Cole? Yep. Uh, making making some uh, impromptu visits to Auburn. Actually. Real- uh, Jeffrey, he was, he's been, um, you know, his name's been around for a while. I mean, back when he was just starting his junior year, when Gus Malzahn was still the head man, they were after him too. So was he committed then? No, he was not. Okay. He was not. He's, he's actually cousins with Lee Hunter on the team. So that, that was a good tie in there and that got the ball rolling. So, I mean, he's, he's very familiar with Auburn, put it that way. Right, right, right. I, I'm just saying he, he committed to Alabama. 
And everybody, including myself, thought it was a done deal because an in-state kid commits to Alabama, it's done. Uh, yes. But we saw him creep into Big Cat. We saw him allegedly – was that the first game? But he was definitely there Saturday. He yes. was not only there, but he was there with his Auburn hat on. He was there with Antonio Coleman, yes. uh, his defensive coordinator at Williamson, who we all know was a badass defensive end back during the Muschamp era. Yes, and continued to hear a lot of buzz about him looking not only hard at Auburn, but really, really considering flipping uh, to the uh, to the point where I think it's inevitable. I think it's not a matter of if, but when with him. Um, yeah, I think he's definitely a flip candidate. I think Tay Woody's definitely a flip candidate. And uh, I'm like you, Cole. I think you said sooner than later. And I, I think uh, I think both of those guys um, could be on Auburn's commitment list. And you know what? I got to thinking. You know, we're almost two months from signing day. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's getting here. Up. It yeah, up. I think we we you know we with this new staff and this new season. You know, we've been focused on who's visiting, who, who's not, and who, who's showing up, and who's visiting where. And then here it is, in the middle of October, and you know we're two months from signing day, and we know that most of these guys are going to be signing in December. So, yeah, we, we Auburn's got. I guess we'll continue to count Trey Donaldson um, <laughs> as a football yeah. commitment, and he he will be back this week. By the way, he will be playing football Friday night for the first time as a senior. His his. Uh, Hyperextension in his leg is what he told me. Um, his his healed, and so he will be playing his first game as a senior Friday night. We'll can probably leave him on the uh, football commitment list, but I think. Yeah, he he looked like he was pretty. He looked like he might be ready to roll when he was up there with Bruce when he was shirtless and he was uh, going crazy. So, yeah, I think he's ready to roll. <laughs> hey, can I ask a question? Sure. Who? All right. So so Drew Bobo, have y'all? And and I want to know more about him by the way, because I, I, um, I haven't watched film on him, but I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing three star on Drew Bobo, but, but it's also a super important position for Auburn. So it, it is, it, is he, is it a big commitment because Auburn needed a, a tackle or, or is it a big commitment because he, he's, he's really good regardless. Like. He's, I think, uh, go ahead. Jeff. Let me, let me give the, 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 the overview and then I'll yeah. let Cole break it down. I don't think he's a tackle and I, I think he could be. Oh, okay. I, I think he could be. I think he's going to be an interior guy. Um, I think he could be an all-SEC NFL-type center. Uh, I think Eston Harris, another guy, inside guy. Um, but Bobo, as far as I was concerned, was he? You know, he, he's a versatile lineman. He could play any of the five positions. Auburn's got to have guys like that. I love him, man. I watched the senior first half or maybe a couple of games of a senior season – Dude, he is a he's a he's good. I mean, yeah. he he's good, and uh, so I just thought all around this was the type of guy Auburn had to have. Um, Cole could probably tell you more about how he plays. You know, I, I've told y'all before. I can only tell you if a guy's pretty good, good or really good. Um, <laughs> but uh, he, he he he's versatile, and, and I thought that's what uh what Auburn could use some. Yeah, I, with your categories right there, I'd go ahead and put him in the pretty good category with a chance to be really good. Um, right. He's not quite there yet. He's got a few things that I just think he needs just maybe a touch more effort when he's playing. Um, but the natural athleticism is there. And I put in the, uh, in the, imp in the inside of the commitment article about him, I made sure that I, w I wanted everyone to see 
is basketball highlights. Because hmm. to me, you, you just don't see big guys diving on the floor. I mean, he's 300 pounds, y'all. He's, he's, it's not like he's 275. This guy is actually really big. He's in the 300-pound range. He's going to get a little bit bigger than that because he's close to 6'5". Uh, the frame is great. He looks, he looks the part in person. Um, and he's diving on the floor on the basketball court. He's, he's uh, putting spin moves on dudes and doing the Euro step layup, stuff like that. I mean, that's impressive. I don't care how, I don't care, you know, how you look at it. That's impressive every time for a 300 pound guy. So, uh, I put some clips of that and, and Auburn really fell in love with him. You know, they knew who he was because of Mike Bobo. It was no secret. Uh, but they never seen him play on the high level of football like he's at now at Auburn High, which is, you know, that's the highest level of Alabama football, which we all know Alabama football is really competitive. There's a lot of good players that come out of the 7A level. And he's going against guys that are pretty good every week at, at rushing the passers, some good athletic players. So uh, they wanted to see him on that level. And so far he's he's done better than expected. And he's actually playing the left tackle spot, which – is not maybe not what he's going to play early on, but he's that's what he's doing right now, and he's doing it well. And uh, I made sure I got some of his camp film in there because it didn't matter what camp he visited this summer, he left with an offer from all of them. He went to the Auburn camp, left with an offer. He went to the Georgia camp, left with an offer. And there were some others too that maybe already offered him, but he was just one of the best campers too. And and that's important because it shows athleticism, and he's got the ceiling for great athleticism. And that's, you know, that's something that you have to take. That's good to know. That's good to know. I just, I, yeah, I, I dove into his film and I see him and uh, I just, I just wasn't sure. Like, so the fact that you're saying he's, he's as good as he is with the potential is good. Cause I don't, I don't think his body's anything close to what it will be no. or can be. No, I want to see, I want to see him two years into Auburn's weight. Yeah. Program. Yeah, and he may he may still be hovering around that three hundred pound range. I mean, he may not go much above that or below it, but he does have some reshaping and refining to do in the weight room and and uh, adding some strength and and that's gonna you know take his game to another level. I think. And I may be completely off on here, but I think Drew two years in a weight program in, in Auburn's weight program, and he is a two to three year starter at Auburn. Um, Sure. On, on, on the interior, somewhere on the interior. If not centered, then one of the two guard spots. I, I, I like him. I like his mindset. I like his mentality. I like he's a hard worker. He's a good kid. He's a coach's son. He's going to work his tail off. He's going to do everything you ask him to do. And uh, those are the and, and he's got a mean streak. Yes, uh, it does. <laughs> so, yeah, it's good. So I'm I'm excited about that. I thought it was a big get for Auburn. Mm -hmm. Um. And then, and then, all right. So then you got Eston Harris, right? So that's kind of the the one probably that people are thinking. I guess him or Darius Clemens is that where is that where you, is that where most of the attention now goes to? When, when do those guys pull the trigger, or, or is there somebody else on the horizon? Well, you know, I don't know if we talked about this last week or not, but I know we, you and I did off the record, if not on the record. But who was Auburn's most important recruit back then? And I was like, man, it's got to be an offensive lineman. I know Darius Clemens, but damn, dude, when you see these receivers. <laughs> what, what what hey is offensive line as a whole yes as a group yes but what does Auburn need for next year they need a stud wide out that can catch the freaking ball create separation win 50 50s and, and catch the ball and Darius Clemens can do that so 
you've got Bobo. Now you've got a, uh, some momentum with EJ Harris. I'm scrapping that for now. You got to put Darius Clemens up at the top. I mean, you've got to have Antonio Williams, Darius Clemens. Um, you've got to have what well, I hell. I'm not, I'm not so sure Auburn doesn't go look at Juco doesn't go look at the uh, transfer portal for a receiver that an immediate impact receiver. And I will say this, they tried this past off season. They did. They tried like hell with the South Alabama guy the, who is, uh, I don't know how he's doing this year, but he was all, all American last year at South. Uh, so the, they, and I'm so disappointed in Demetrius Robertson from Saturday. He had a, prime opportunities to, to to stick it up George's butt and uh, just completely <laughs> just completely drop the ball. <laughs> um so that's not funny. So uh gotta have impact, immediate impact wide receivers and with Bobo committed, Eston on the way, Tay Woody, although we consider him a D lineman, probably on the way as well. I'm 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 putting Darius Clemens um at the top of my list or Antonio Williams, one of the two. Yeah, and you talk about receiver. I mean, uh, Shedrick's a senior. Um, Demetrius is a senior, so they're gone. And then you're thinking about, well, Canyon's barely played. He's a sophomore. So, you know, what are the chances he goes in the transfer portal? I mean, yeah. I, I would think decent. I don't know all the things going, going on behind the scenes, but you're a sophomore and you've barely played. Um, you know, so Capers kind of same thing, played a little bit more, but still a sophomore. Like, there's the potential guys could leave. I mean, you could you could lose three or four guys, period. So – probably won't even have to think hard about going to going to get some playmakers. Right, right. And, so, and some experienced guys, too, not just a bunch of high school kids coming in trying to learn on the fly. Yeah. Uh, but what I thought I, I was encouraged about Saturday as well, kind of transitioning, was Jay Fair was there. The four-star wideout from Texas made that um, made the uh, trip on his own dime. Michael Riley Ducker made the trip on his own dime. Amari Kelly came down, down from Hewitt Trussell. Kobe Albert is a guy who is a stud with the ball in his hands in high school. I know he's projected defensive back, yeah. uh, but damn, he's good. He's good. Jeffrey, did, did any commits? I mean, I think they were all there, weren't they? Every one of them were there. Yeah. We, we, we had heard some rumblings about, you know, the Cornelius getting fired, Kobe and Amari Kelly both, and, and they were. They, they were confused. They were intrigued on what was going on here. So it was good to see both of those guys at the game Saturday. Um, and uh, so having those guys, I, I don't know. Hell, I, I think I like Kobe Albert at re receiver better than I like Omari Kelly, and that's saying something. Uh, I love Jay Fair. I think he's the dude. Like, he's the dude of that group right now. He is – he's a playmaker. He, there is. Yeah, he, he'll play as a freshman. He, or, or at some point, I mean, he's he'll play before the other guys in this class. He's the best wide receiver so far. Hmm. If they don't get Darius Clemens or Antonio Williams, um, you know, Jay Fair's the guy, I think, coming out of high school at least, that's going to make the most impact at Auburn next year. Yep, I agree with that. Yeah, he's pretty polished already, too. Uh, he does yeah. things pretty well. I they don't use him as much in, in the sense of that they're going to run all these double routes and and and, you know, quick routes and moves and things like that with him where he's playing right now, they, they really just take him vertical and he's always, he's always taking the top off of defense. That yes. Way. Big vertical threat. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think so. And I love I Michael Riley he, Ducker too, man. I love Michael. Oh yeah. I, I like him too. And, and that was my first time seeing Jay in person. Uh, he's a little bit taller than I expected. Legit I, six probably, foot. Is he? That's good. 
Yeah, I mean, he. I expect him to be shorter than the other commits, but he was right there with him, and we got a picture with him. He's, you know, he's the same height as everybody else. So that was that was good. I mean, that just gives more to him, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, did you talk about um this kid that committed to Tennessee? Sorry, if, uh, Marcus. Mark. Mark. Wow. Mark. Marquarius. Marquarius. Mark. Mark. Marquarius. Oh, just call him. Just call him. Uh, just call him squirrel. squirrel. Yeah. I just why don't you just tell me that? squirrel um so he's a receiver but they got you know they've got receiver commits you're going after clemens so is this a guy that is he like uh just just keep him on the warmer keep him on the burner or what yeah i don't i don't know it, that's kind of what i thought right I, I thought that maybe he was he was a guy that is somebody they're keeping warm uh he's an in-state guy from clay Chalkwell high school in pinson alabama who has a quarterback that's committed to louisville you know they're they're having a good season too i think he's He's had a great season last year, having another great season this year. He's a he's a great talent. Um, he's one of the guys that is your route runner type. He's 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 not really gonna, you know, uh, he's not the guy that's gonna be real physical like a, maybe a Seth Williams or something. He's more of a of a Tavares Dawson, where he's a great route runner and things like oh, yeah. that. And I'm going off of Tavares Dawson's, you know. Uh, high school film, of course, because yeah, haven't, I think yeah. he's on the team. I don't know. I don't know at this yeah, point. I think so. Yeah, rumor has it. Yeah, seen him warming up a couple times. But uh, what about twenty twenty three guys? Were there some monsters there? Any monsters? Any, uh, yeah, all over the place. I forgot to mention Jaquavius Russell uh, of the defensive lineman. The twenty twenty three guys that were there. Uh, Russell from uh, Central, right? Uh, no, he's from Carver, Montgomery. I think Carver. Okay, yeah, he was with James Smith. Yes. Yep. Jaquavis Russell, James Smith, two stud defensive line, 2023 guys. And then you had Peter Woods, stud, 2023 D lineman. Yeah. Hunter Osborne, stud, 2023 D lineman. Tamari Parker, stud, 2023 D lineman. He's the Central Phoenix guy. Yes. And then Keldrick Fraught from Highland Home, stud, 2023 D lineman. And then there was some offensive linemen from the 2023 class that uh, Cole and I both spoke to uh, in Jeffrard. Uh, as Zechariah Owens, I think both have Auburn offers. They do. If I'm not mistaken, both of those guys were there, really liked Auburn, really had good things to say. And then a Tyree Adams. Yeah. they ring a bell. So that there was, oh man, the big dudes from, from the 2023 class were just everywhere. It was, it was impressive to see that 2023 class, the, the, the trenches and who all was, who all was there. What's the deal with Peter? So Peter Woods, Hunter Osborne, you know, obviously I'm like, so from the periphery, but I've seen those two guys' names. I mean, especially Peter Woods. Those, I mean, those are potential five stars or is yeah. Peter Woods a five star? Well, he is. Where does Auburn stand with, with those guys? Cause I've seen their names and I'm thinking, you know, I mean, at this stage, I'm like, okay, if Auburn's trying to go against Bama or Clemson or whoever, I mean, they will. I think Alabama is going to be tough for Peter Woods, but I did get to talk to him after the game. And I was expecting a James Smith type interview. Cole talked to James Smith after the game. And, you know, he was just kind of, he didn't have much to say, right? I mean, he said what you expected him to say. He just didn't. But Peter Woods was fantastic and, uh, and, and, and was very enthusiastic in all the things that he said. He watched the defensive line. He, he loves Nickies and he loves his background, his history, his playing in the NFL, his coaching in the NFL. Love what he saw from the defensive line. Talked about shutting them out, run, uh, running the football for the first two and a half quarters, um, and uh, just needed some extra guys in there, and, and they didn't have them. So, although you know, I think I think he's from Thompson, which I'll tell you something, right? Yeah, uh, he is. 
I mean, I don't, I don't know the last guy. Alabama won it from Thompson that went anywhere but Alabama. Yeah. So that's yeah. going to be tough. But but you've got these kids from Montgomery. You've got the James Smith. You've got the Russell. You've got these kids from South Alabama, if I'm not mistaken, Highland Home, yep. uh, Central Phoenix City. Um, so there are some dudes. And like I said, I think now that I mentioned five earlier, but I threw in Russell. Now we've got six. Auburn gets three of those guys. Seems realistic. Seems doable. Um, that's a hell of a day. I was going to say, too, class. on James Smith, he's five-star in the 2023 class. Was in Montgomery um, at Carver High School in Montgomery. Now he's at IMG Academy in, you know, the sports academy in Bradenton, Florida. Um, he was one of the guys that knew Marcus Harris really well from Madhouse Fitness. There is – there's definitely an end there for Auburn, and he did tell me – after the interview, he told me that he'd make it back this year. So, yeah, uh, you know, that that's one that I think Auburn's going to have a better chance than they're perceived to have, I, I think, going forward. And, and they're going to keep working on him. So I'd watch that one. Hey, what about defensive tackle recruiting for next year specifically? Because that's something Brian Harson talked about in his press conference, actually. He said – he, he he needs the defensive line to continue to get better and develop. And he's like, we need to build more depth there. Kind of saying, Hey, well, I need, I need more, you know, in talking about Marquise Robinson or Caleb Johnson, or he's like, I need those guys to keep getting better. Cause I need more competition at that position. They lose Tony fair. They're going to lose Marquise Burks at the tackle position. Um, who, who do they have? I haven't done a deep dive into the roster, but I have to think that they're going to want to bring guys in. If, if he's talking about trying to build depth, is there anybody high school wise that, that they're going after that we think they can get um, that could, that could compete next year. Lee Hunter's sitting back there waiting for his chance, I guess, but. I, I mean, think that's as about as close to Auburn has as, and Zakevis Walker. Have we seen much of him at, at the three? Yeah. Um, and see, uh, uh, Dre, uh, is Dre Butler still around? Yeah. Dre Butler played a little bit, played a little bit. He is. Uh, Butler, and then of course Jay Hardy. You remember him? He came in two years ago, I think, or last year. And then yeah. He got out, and went to Tennessee. Is he still here? No, he's gone. Yeah. Did he go to Tennessee? I he don't. Gone. Know. He gone. I don't know where he went. Not sure at all. Well, we. I think we just. Well, he was. Co- he was committed to Tennessee, or, or or signed with something, and got out and came to Auburn or something. Just to say yeah, he, he went to UCF. Let's just say he went to UCF. That's a good bet. Yeah. <laughs> just say he went to Central Florida. If you're talking about guys that could come in and play next year for 2022 guys, Curtis Perry's a guy we talked to. Yeah. Oh yeah, for so sure. He's that good. About him. Perry's that good. Yeah, he's he's a four star guy. He's a top, you know, on 300 guy, two four star. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's he's not as big as I thought he was. I was no, thinking, me neither. Thinking he was more in the 275, 285 range, but I think he's closer to maybe 250, 260 range. Uh, so. And he's been playing a lot of edge at, at his new school at Pike Road High School, where he came from Park Crossing in, in Montgomery, which was close by. But he's playing more edge than he than he's playing inside now, and maybe that's maybe that's what they're doing. You know, recruiting him, they're maybe recruiting him to play the end spot where Colby Wooden is, um, Derek Hall, maybe that stand up outside linebacker type because he's got the motor, he's got the he's got the athleticism. I mean, he's one of the top guys in the class for sure uh, and yeah and he had good things to say about auburn he did he did and, and you know i forgot to mention uh speaking of edge or linebacker type guys uh troy troy ford yeah 2023 guy troy ford who 
Cole is uh, very high on him, right? Yes, I, I, I think he's a good player. I think he's uh, well. He's already built pretty well, you know, to be a junior in high school. He's close to two thirty. He's right around six foot. Um, yeah, you know, he's kind of got that. He's honestly got that Wesley Steiner look build to him, real stocky. Uh, he's been playing with a club on his right hand or left hand, one of his hands. He's had a huge club, and I, I've enjoyed the way that he uses it as, as a weapon. That's been really good. So that's why I like him, in case you're wondering. And uh, he's been playing on the edge, and he's really wearing people out with that club, and it was awesome. He didn't have the club on, on the sideline this weekend. I think he's healed there. So I asked him about that. I was like, so what are you going to do now? He goes, well, honestly, I just ball up my fist. I was like, okay, well, that's – Perfect. I like that. Cool dude, man. Really like him. Um, really like him. I tell you what, man, the, with the list that we've seen and we, we saw Saturday, it's going to be hard for the Iron Bowl to top that as far as quality goes. Um, but, man, if they could get most of these guys back for that Iron Bowl and, and, and play another decent game, especially with these 2023 guys, we could see this class really start building some momentum early in, in the cycle. And uh, really like where the, they are with all the commitments. You had four guys coming in this weekend. Or this for the Georgia game, uh, Holden was on. Holden Garner, the quarterback, was on an official visit. Demari Austin was on an official visit. The running back, uh, Caleb Wooden, the defensive back, was on an official visit. And oh, Austin, who's not committed, Austin Osbury, and of course Trey was there. Not Trey, Trey said he spent ninety percent of the time with basketball. So, like I said, I don't really count him, but really like where the staff got got to at this point, and I really like where they're going. Uh, it's going to yep. be fun, fun, fun the next couple of months, probably the next week or two, too. You've got, like we said earlier, you got Tay Woody on the verge, potentially flipping, Robert Woodyard, potentially flipping. You've got E.J. Harris announcing October 28th. You've got some big visits coming in at the end of August, uh, October. Um, for the Ole Miss game. Oh, no, that's basketball. Chance Westry. Speaking of which, real quick on the basketball, Jairus Walker, big-time stud, four-star guy. Five-star guy on some sites. Took his official visit to Auburn. Trey Donaldson was there with him all weekend. Bruce was was attached to him at the hip. I mean, this is Bruce's top guy. He wants this kid. Um, he will visit Houston, who some think may be the team to beat, along with Auburn. I mean, it's a Houston-Auburn battle, maybe the G League, yeah, if they get involved anymore. Um, but Jairus Walker over the next couple of weeks, he'll have, you know, basketball is an er, a, a month earlier. Their signing period is. So you're talking about one month from yesterday, all these kids are going to be signing. Uh, so Jairus Walker is going to be the guy we're going to be chased, uh, tracking for the next four weeks. Chance Westry is coming in for that Ole Miss game um, for an official visit. Kamari Lands also is planning that, but I think he's more of a Jairus Walker backup plan. And I was told today – um, that he may not visit, which in my mind would be very good news for Jairus Walker. So a lot going on, man, a lot going on after the Georgia weekend basketball football, and you know it's only going to get better uh, as the weeks pass. Yeah, Jairus Walker, man, all eyes on Jairus Walker, especially a week after he goes to Alabama, and he's got that IMG teammate that Alabama just landed that yeah. five-star point guard, right, man. Uh, Nate Oates has got it going on. and you got to think not just Pearl for – Jairus Walker's a good player, but, he, you know, it, Alabama's making a run at him. And um, that, you know, Pearl needs to win that one because of that to me too. I mean, Al Alabama's right in the mix with some of these guys. He needs to he needs to win that battle. 
Um, all right, let's end on this. Biggest takeaway from the weekend, anything. Player, big picture, thing that was said, you know, any anything that you thought um, – just translating to let's keep it to this recruiting class, something that could impact this recruiting class. Just what, what was maybe uh, biggest takeaway and Jeffrey, uh, I think you got one. Let's start with you, but just what should fans say? Okay. All right. I'm, I'm coming out, coming out with this. Okay. For me, it's, it's such a brush of breath of fresh air to see that I'm talking big picture here. We know what the top positions of needs are. We know who the top guys are. And we saw just an influx of recruits and visitors at, you know, offensive line, defensive line. It was the guys that mattered most, and they were getting them here for that game. And not only getting him here for that game, but making a decent game out of it where the crowd stayed in it for the majority of it, even though it was 35 to 10 and was really never that close, although it could have been. Uh, but I just thought the names and getting the, and the positions. You know, Malzahn and the, those guys, they would get big guys here, but they're wide receivers and, and defensive backs and, you know, tight ends and, you know, Man, they got the big dogs here. They got the 2022 guys here. They got the 2023 guys here and really used that weekend and all that the, the attendance to build some momentum, not only for the 22 class, but for the future of the 23 and even some of the 24 guys that were here. Yeah. What you got? Yeah, I would, I'd say, I'd say, you know, I'm like you were saying earlier, I'm new at this and I haven't been on the sideline very long. I've been there for a few games now. Uh, but one of the things that I noticed was when the student section got loud, and I'm talking before the game here, and of course, you know, they're rocking two hours before the game. They got the they got the music going. They got the the big board, putting all the cool stuff out there. The, the some of the bigger guys and, and the guys that were not, you know, they were kind of locked in where they were standing on the sideline and they were watching warmups and things. When the student section got loud and when they started bumping some music, those guys were locked on it, and they looked like they were really enjoying it. They looked like they were impressed. They looked like they hadn't seen an environment like that in a while. And and they probably haven't because they haven't, you know, with the crowds last year and everything. So yeah. I think that was huge for them. And I'll, I'll say this too. Um, the way that the current Auburn commits acted on the sideline was interesting to me. They are close, and they are recruiting. I mean, they they look like they're part of the staff out there. They they walk around together. Everybody knows who they are. They are uh, they're real tight, and they're not afraid to recruit somebody. They're not afraid to tell them that Auburn's a great place to go play. They're not afraid to, you know, jump out there and and, and take that role. So, and they're doing it as a group. And I think guys respond to that pretty well, and and see that, and they go, yeah, you know, that's. That's something I could be a part of. And a lot of guys told us that in the interview. And they said the same thing about the crowd. So, and I could tell, I mean, they were locked in. They saw it and they were, their eyes were like, you know, big and they were seeing things like that and going, man, this is, this is really great. So that's, that's my takeaway. I thought it went, went really well. Yeah. That's something I've noticed. Jeffrey may or may not agree, but I've noticed that just going back to, to when I used to cover recruiting, the early commits, they do. They the, they form that bond. Those first five, six, seven guys, anybody before, you know, like the summer, let's just say, like those guys yeah. that commit early, they, they they tend to be a group. I don't know if it's just because they then have longer 
together and they get into the fall and can recruit together. But those early guys just end up becoming your best recruiters and they become, you know, pretty, pretty tight. Yeah. And what's funny is, is that one guy last year who was not that way, we should looking back, it was the writing on the wall, Armani Goodwin. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean it's you can, you see a lot on the sideline. You can see how they they interact and you see things like that. If you pay attention, you know you can see things like that. Like Jeffrey saying the writing on the wall. I mean it's very evident that the guys that are committed to Auburn right now are all in. You know, there's some things going on. Some of them were confused with you know the happenings that went on, but they they seem to really trust Harson. Uh, they they like the new staff and and they're just blown away by the atmosphere every time. So. Well, big weekend. If you want the rest of everything that went on, go to auburnlive.com. Full coverage there. There's a bunch of more stuff that we didn't hit on. There's more stuff to come out um, this week um, on both basketball and, and football-wise. So so make sure and check out auburnlive.com. Subscribe. Ten bucks for the next year. If you don't want to do that, it's like a dollar. What is it? Four months. You get a dollar for the next four months or something like that. But why would you do that? Just come on. Come on. Ten dollars. Just give up Wendy's for one day. Empty your ashtray. Yeah, one day, and you've got AuburnLive.com for a year. Uh, All right, appreciate it, fellas. Um, All the football, basketball, uh, recruiting information you can want, AuburnLive.com. We'll be back, um, I guess, tomorrow with another podcast, and the guys will keep churning out information. Appreciate everybody joining us. See ya. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.